Welcome to Inside the War Room. Ryan Ray here, as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. A couple business items before we get to Representative Kevin Brady. First off is the Ryan Recommends segment of the show. And today, I'm going to recommend the Apple Watch. Okay, and you're thinking, why do you pumping Apple products? I have resisted getting the Apple Watch for years. I love Apple products. I finally got it. It is a game changer. So if you have an iPhone, get the Apple Watch. Thank me later. I absolutely love it. The second is our sponsor, which is Bluehost. Folks, I've been pounding this drum for some time now. If you think that you can build a business on social media alone, you are crazy. You need a domain to push people to. You need a newsletter. You need all that. I talk about that at the 5 Wide Business Newsletter, but that's for another day. RyanRaySenior.com slash hosting. RyanRaySenior.com slash hosting. Sign up. Get your website. And then shoot me an email with your receipt, and I will pump your new domain on this show. RyanRaySenior.com slash hosting. You have to have a domain. You're going to wake up one day, and they're going to pull the plug on your social media account for something you said. And what are you going to do then? You need a domain. Get it today. Let's get into today's podcast, which is Representative Kevin Brady of Texas. Thank you again, Jessica, and his staff for setting this up. Always, always, always appreciate that. Listen, in the podcast space, you're always trying to find guests, so it's nice when someone reaches out to you to set something up. Two things of note here. This is not going to be on YouTube. We are moving off of YouTube. I know previous podcasts, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. We're moving off. YouTube has new policies in place that really restrict the type of conversations you can have. On this show, we have on people from all walks of life. I'm talk about all sorts of issues, and so we're not going to be beholden to losing all of our content on YouTube. So this is only on Audible, which means I mean, on, on audio, which means you can get it, you know, at the Substack, our five wide newsletter. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can get podcasts at. And if you could take a second to re, uh, to share this podcast and drop five stars, it really means a lot. Kevin Brady, Congressman from Tech, Texas, the ranking member of the Ways and Means Committee for the Republican side, is up next. Congressman Brady, it is good to have you on the program. How are you doing today? I'm good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Okay, well, let's get right into it. There is a a lot going on in the world, to put it mildly. Um, I guess let's start with the border. That seems to be a big topic of discussion over the past week. From your perspective, what are you seeing? Maybe what's being misconstrued, and what should we do about it? Yeah, I, one, I've never seen the border like this. And coming from Texas, obviously, we've seen a lot of crisis at the border, but I've never seen one uh, this bad, this cruel, this unending, uh, and this ignored uh, by the White House. They simply don't seem to understand how serious and unprecedented this border surge is. Uh, They refuse to take any action uh, to deal with it other than temporary ones that the press sort of bullies them into. And it is, look, um, you got to close the back door of illegal immigration so you can keep open the front door of legal immigration. So people who want to come here, play by the rules, be part of America, welcome. But this surge, the high, the numbers, the highest in 20 years, uh, they're not, it's unabated. And if you talk to our Border Patrol, who most of them, by the way, uh, grew up and live along the border. So they're not just securing the country, they're securing neighborhoods. Uh, of theirs, they don't see an end in sight. They, it's not abating. And you ask them, so when does this end? And they'll say, how many 
migrants are there in Central America? They just don't know. So the president created this crisis. He needs to deal with it. But so far, has just been missing in action. Plenty of Republican primary candidates have come out and criticized Governor Abbott. Do you think he has any responsibility in this? You know, the governor actually, the governors of these states, border states, shouldn't be having to secure the border. But right now, because the White House won't and the federal government won't won't allow our agents to do their job, uh, I don't think there's much choice here. And the governor's been very aggressive in trying to find creative ways to back up the Border Patrol, backfill jobs so they can actually get get back uh, uh, into enforcement and deterrence uh, and detection. Um, he's making a big financial commitment to do that. So I know other governors around the country are helping, but but he shouldn't have to. And the only reason he is is President Biden just won't do his job. Okay, let's talk about the debt ceiling for a second. Again, another another hot political item. Um, um, obviously, you're on the Ways and Means Committee. What's your reading on the debt ceiling? So this is one. You don't play political games with the debt ceiling because it can it can cause real problems. You got to deal with it. But I'm frustrated because look, Democrats run everything here: the House, Senate, White House. They've had no interest in a single discussion. They've known this debt ceiling's coming for two years. They've not passed a budget the whole time they've been here. Never had a discussion with Republicans about how do we tackle this and how do we get some financial sanity back to our government budget. So right now, uh, it's their responsibility to pass this. And I think that the good news is uh, they have the votes to do it. Uh, They could move it tomorrow if they wanted to. But right now, it just seems like they're playing political games in the Senate there. So, you know, I hope they figure out a way forward. But, um, you know, I just haven't seen any effort on their part. How much do you blame Republicans as well? Because um, you talk about spending and, and debt. I mean, during the last year, not only did we shut down our country, we spent a gazillion dollars. I don't even know what the actual number yeah. is. So much. Yeah. I mean, do Republicans have to take some of this blame for the debt problem? You know, uh, the short answer is yet is yes, and especially because of COVID, we look we we spent unprecedented amounts in healthcare and small businesses and trying to figure out how to keep people alive and businesses alive and workers connected. Um, but that emergency is, is over and we need to return to normal. And we, the debt limit uh, that we approved as Republicans uh, was in place through this summer. And so the spending that we did was accommodated in the debt ceiling what they're raising this for is to accommodate this new $5 trillion plus spending binge that they're doing on their own. And so we believe the responsibility to lift the debt ceilings on, on them as well. Let's talk taxes, everyone's favorite subject. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First off, what's the biggest problem with the tax code today? So I, I think the biggest problem is it's just too complex, in my view. We simplified it some in tax reform so that now nine out of 10 Americans uh, don't have to itemize to get their full tax refund. That's simplified. We did it 
a lot for business, small businesses as well. But I always think complexity is still the biggest problem. The biggest problem with this is that these tax hikes in the Democrat and the president's bill, the hikes are three times bigger than the tax cuts. They uh, cripple U.S. companies trying to compete around the world. We think we'll kill about three million U.S. jobs and drive others overseas. They land on small businesses in about five ways, just as small business trying to dig out from the pandemic, get back on their feet, get, get workers hired again. Uh, and then at the end of the day, all of that is done um, for massive welfare spending that I worry hooks another generation you know, into government dependency. I, I, we don't need the spending and we certainly can't afford the tax hikes, especially as we're trying to come out of this uh, uh, economic challenge. What is the justification for taxes in an era when the federal government just spends money at will? So we far exceed our budget on a, on a yearly basis. How then can you justify saying, hey, we want to tax you at all because the government is just going to spend whatever it wants to spend? Yeah, so there is no justification other than Democrats in Washington love to spend uh, and it gives them an excuse to tax, especially those they don't like. And they, what they don't like are corporations, uh, energy, uh, successful people. Uh, unfortunately, they take the brunt of these tax hikes, but it also lands on lower income, middle income families. Uh, the president clearly breaks his pledge not to tax below 400,000. You don't have to take my word for it. The official scorekeeper of Congress Joint Committee on Taxation affirms that most middle-class, low-income families will start seeing tax increases beginning next year. Uh, and over time, almost 90% will see either tax increases or no meaningful benefits. So there's no question they are talking about the wealthy in corporations. They are hitting blue-collar workers, working family, especially small businesses. Yeah, and, and 400000 is a weird number. Because- Isn't it? I mean, if, if you're sitting here where I'm at in Granbury, Texas, that's far different from where your congressional district is. Or if you're in San Francisco or New York, $400,000 does not go the same all across this country. Have we reached a point where we have to reevaluate how to think about those numbers? Because it's just not the same across the U.S. No, it is not the same. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we, we're often asked and ask ourselves as a country, you know, how much what's fair for the wealthy to pay? Turns out America is one of the top heavy tax codes uh, among all the developed countries that, that, that are like us. Our wealthier pay more of a share of a burden than in most countries. Uh, the top 10% uh, shoulder about 70% of all the income taxes in America. And, uh, and after tax reform, because we really focused on the middle class, they ended up paying a bigger share uh, after we did the Republican tax reform. And so I think at this point, um, while you may be condemning the wealthy and rich, they're also, they're also giving them huge tax breaks, lifting the SALT state and local deduction, the renewable energy uh, subsidies for the wealthy and big corporations are stunning. I mean, when you're a family that makes 800,000 a year, 800,000 a year, 
you can get a government check to buy an electric vehicle that, that costs as much as $74,000. So why does someone that wealthy need that big a check to buy that big of a luxury car? It makes no sense. Yeah. And the other thing is the, the tax on the, the low income comes from inflation, which comes from- It does. So we, so, we're, so we might say that, hey, we're taxing the rich at a right rate, or we can debate that. But the other thing is that we're taxing the poor by overspending. Yeah. It, yes. And we're already seeing that. It's funny. I'm kind of proud of the American people. Uh, in polls after polls, most of them recognize this massive government spending is driving prices up. Not getting work, paying people more to stay home and get back to work is doing the same thing. And so this bill does a lot more of both of those. And that, that uh, inflation, it robs your paycheck. Every month this year, families are falling farther behind. This, this spending spree makes it worse. Okay. Um, I know you have a bill that you are, I believe, co-authoring. Is that correct? On taxpayer privacy? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. So, um, as you know, you hear the president talk a lot about the tax gap, which is uh, what they estimate is the difference between what's owed and what's paid in America. For some reason, they've tripled the size of the tax gap recently, but without any analysis to show how that's done. And they're using that to justify hiring Congress, hiring 80,000 more IRS agents and beginning bank surveillance of your personal and business bank accounts. And uh, I and other Republican leaders introduced this legislation to take a different approach. So we need an independent analysis of what is that tax gap and what's causing it. Um, We also believe the IRS should be stopped from targeting taxpayers based on their political belief which they've done in the past and are beginning to do again. And then we think there should be a smart way both parties work together to uh, close the tax gap in a way that doesn't surveil, uh, become intrusive in the privacy of Americans, but because in truth, the IRS doesn't do a good job of keeping your private tax returns private. In fact, we've seen massive leaks this year tens of thousands of tax returns leaked out to a media group. Uh, And so, yeah, we don't need, we don't think Washington needs to go that extreme direction to solve that problem. Yeah. And so you mentioned the Democrats are in charge of the House, the Senate, obviously the White House. What likelihood do you have of getting this through Congress? So right now they're, they're pretty focused on hiring all these agents and putting in place the bank surveillance locally so, and they think that will pay for that big tax break for the wealthy by lifting the state and local deduction cap. They think they need to do all of that. Um, we're going to do our best. We don't have the votes on the Republican side to stop it, but we're doing our best to convince Democrats who run as, as Main Street moderates to join us to stop this. Yeah. Um, one more thing on this, and we have a couple of listener questions from yeah. Texans that I want to get to. Um, wh- what about reigning in the Fed, just in general. Um, I know that it, it, it seems impossible to audit the Fed. It's probably, it's hard to get their books. You know, if you're wanting to know about average taxpayers who are making 30, 40, 100, 200, 400,000, I don't care, pick a number. We have to audit the Fed. We have to see what they're doing. We have to have more accountability at that level, it seems, because they're the ones not only printing the money, they control the banks as well. Yeah, well, it is, uh, you know, as you know, the big new 
uh, scheme around Washington is to pretend that we never have to pay this debt back, that we can spend as much to eternity and it doesn't have any consequences. Uh, look, I, the law of economics didn't get suspended during COVID. It's real. Uh, and uh, you should be worried about if we make all these emergency programs permanent in the budget, over time, it's going to lead to a, to a financial crisis and, and, and a real questioning of the soundness of the U.S. dollar. The flip Fed, I think, should play a role in stopping, encouraging more of that debt and more of that spending and really ought to be, uh, rather than just goosing the economy, focused on keeping the dollar sound and getting back to financial you know, sanity. And, and uh, I don't see that happening right now. I'm hopeful at some point, especially with inflation, not going away anytime soon. And frankly, higher than any of them predicted it would be. I'm really hope they, they course correct here soon. Okay, Congressman, we have uh, three last questions, two of them okay. from people here in Texas. From Ben Samuels, the CEO of Source Rock Midstream, he says, recently a measure was passed by the committee that would require employers to establish automatic enrollment of 401k accounts for their employees. Um, he wants to get your opinion on what the role of the federal government is for retirement investment accounts like that. You know, the role of the federal government is to incentivize uh, individuals, families, and businesses to save for the future, whether it's college or, or, or healthcare or retirement. Um, we've done this in a bipartisan way. Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richie Neal, the Democrat, and myself passed bipartisan legislation that President Trump signed to do that. We've introduced a second bill, advanced out of committee, that, that, that takes another step toward incentivizing that. They take a different approach here. This mandate is on every business of six workers or greater to offer a retirement plan or help set up an automatic IRA. Uh, it has pretty severe penalties if you don't set that up for your workers. Uh, and I think it is a mandate that is unnecessary and is very harsh, especially on, on small businesses. So I don't think the government should mandate uh, that uh, retirement plan by small businesses, it should incentivize them. I think that that's the smarter direction. And we got to protect the self-directed IRAs. No question. Yeah. Okay. So Tyler Johnson, who is the founder of Lawway Enterprises, he says the average age of Congress is roughly 57, Senate 62. Do the current members of Congress have the mental and physical fortitude to find new ways and means of solving problems and creating solutions through technology, automation, and selfless creativity? So the short answer is yes. There is that capability to do it. And in every, I'll use my committee, for example, Ways and Means Committee. So we do taxes, trade, healthcare, uh, Social Security, Medicare, uh, uh, and other issues. Technology and how we think differently about everything the government does and how we deliver services from healthcare to the IRS is at the forefront of every discussion. Has it advanced as far as we would like? No. Uh, but uh, one thing I do believe is that this is an area where both parties see opportunities and see some peril as well. I always worry when uh, Congress rushes into new regulations on technology without really understanding the market, because oftentimes 
you know, you're shooting at a, at a place, the technology is already in the market's gone way beyond. I, I always worry about that overreach, but yeah, short answer is, uh, that's, this is one of our big opportunities to solve some big problems, I think. Okay. Last question. And we'll let you get out of here. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this is probably the toughest question you're going to have. Um, when you're back here in the great state of Texas, it's lunchtime. Are you going to Whataburger or in and out? Whataburger. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's, that's a disappointing answer. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. If it's breakfast, breakfast on a bun at Whataburger, I'm fine. But for lunch, you got to go to in and out. We'll work on I, that, Congressman. We'll get you. Not everybody's perfect. We'll work on that. Um, <laughs> We're going to let you go. We're First off, let's thank Jessica for setting this up. Thank you. She is a great hard worker. I know she's right. working that for you guys um, and the rest of your staff for getting this set up. Uh, folks who want to follow more about what you're doing, where do you want them to go? Yeah, two places. You can either Google Ways and Means Committee Republicans. That takes us to all of our policies on taxes and trade, healthcare, those issues. Or, uh, you know, Google representative Kevin Brady comes right to my webpage. We're, we're on all the social media as well, but we got a newsletter, got a way to sign up for sort of stay posted on things. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I have a great district. You know, I think Ryan, if you want to send me some of those in and out burgers, <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll be fair and objective as I try to evaluate it. In fact, the more you send me, the fairer I will be. Okay. That is a, that is a, that's a deal. That's a deal. We'll get you some in and out burgers. Thank you for your time today, sir. And uh, look to talk to you again soon. Take care, Ryan. Thanks.